Welcome to the Undraped Artist Podcast. You should know that this episode was also recorded in video and can be watched on our website at theundrapedartist.com and also on YouTube at the Undraped Artist Podcast. Also, check out our show notes to learn more about today's guest. I hope you enjoy the show. Karen Offit, welcome to the Undraped Artist Podcast. Hello, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me. This is great. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I discovered you or something. And then uh, we met at the Porch Society. And I can't remember if the year we met, you were actually in. I know you've had paintings in as uh, finalists many times, if I remember correctly. No. Just one time. So was yeah, it the, last was it, was it really? Yeah. Congrats. That's it awesome. Was that painting right there. Yep. And that, that's a gorgeous, <laughs> yeah. gorgeous painting. So what did you end up winning with that? Do you remember? Oh God. I think it was like 13th place. Yeah. What, what, um, yeah. What do they call uh, that? Like, I, the, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I can never remember the name. Uh, there's, there's so many awards. But it's an honor just, yeah. it's an honor to be in the top 20. I mean, because one thing I tell my students, yeah. I've got a bunch of students coming down with me this year. And, um, oh, cool. yeah, and we're going to go to the National Portrait Gallery and everything after. And I told them, I, it's almost, it's almost sort of anticlimactic going to the Portrait Gallery after seeing the, the contest winners because they are so good that you mm -hmm. think you're going to the portrait gallery and they're going to blow us blow them out of the water but they really don't it's like man you're seeing some of the best of the best in that so it's a huge honor to yeah. be in that top 20 i think so congrats oh, yeah thank you so much no it was it was wonderful and uh and meaningful and you know so many so many different layers uh but yeah i know i was i was thrilled and it was so great to see the other art as well it's so much fun yeah um, and you know i feel very fortunate to be in it but i know that there are so many wonderfully qualified artists whose work blow me away that you know so i just feel like the competition factor of it is is a little daunting mm -hmm. but i was very proud of it yeah yeah you should have been yeah well, so tell me a little bit about how you got into this art field and tell me about your, how you grew up and, you know, what your education was and so on. So, um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas with, uh, my parents both being creative in, uh, different ways. My, my dad, um, he was, he was a painter, but he did not, he didn't show really, mm -hmm. um, and uh and then my mom had a business uh which was a uh, needlepoint uh gosh anything needlepoint stitching um so uh she, it was creative needle inga's needle art so and then um so i was kind of around a lot of creativity to a degree that you can be in 
in Dallas, Texas, back in the 80s. Um, but I always loved drawing and painting, or at least drawing. I hadn't painted really until I got older. Um, but uh, yeah, I, would, I was always fascinated seeing my father draw things and just be like, wow. <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, so, yeah, I just, I've always loved it. And it's always been a good way for me to concentrate, you know, in school, even though it looked like I was distracted, I'd be drawing mm -hmm. while I mm -hmm. do the work, you know, so you remember those books you had with the paper covers? Yeah, they're like uh, the paper bag, it, shopping yes, bags. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'd be drawing all over that. I and mean, even my brother did that when he was in school, too. And he did some really good stuff, but he he didn't. He chose a different direction, which is, you know, his thing. So, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of learned a lot through just practice on my own because, um, you know, back in the day, Dallas, I mean, Texas and did not really have an academy. Mm -hmm. I would have loved that, but um, just going to have to figure it out. I, I had to figure it out on my own. So you did you go to college or anything for it though? I I I went to college for a few years and then got a job and then it was like, uh, you know, I went to uh North Texas State up in Denton and uh learned advertising and took art and stuff and really um realism realism was frowned upon. Right. Basically. Right. It was like modern you know and i hear this a lot in about colleges from other people and uh you know they say oh go to the easel and just do something <laughs> you know be uh -huh. free like well i need some structure <laughs> you know give yeah. me some guy some structure foundational skills then i can do it you know That's it didn't I had this experience yeah. when I was in college that, that you just reminded me of. It was ridiculous. So there was this guy, I mean, half the department, more than half the department was totally buying into this modernist approach where no technique, all about concept and that's it, right? Yeah. So this, well, I'm sitting in class and we've got a model and uh, I'm, of course, as, a, as an aspiring realist, I'm like really trying hard, you know, and these guys are talking on the other side of the room and he's literally doing this. He's literally like got his hands in paint and he's like rubbing on the canvas like this, but he's looking at the guy he's talking to and being like, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's not even looking at the canvas or the model while he's doing it. And I'm just like, oh gosh, this is so, why am I here right now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not yeah. even looking at it. Yeah, it was a trip. That was it just it was like, why am I here? I could go get a job on weekends back in Dallas and make some money. Oh, maybe I should just do that full time. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, so I I quit. You know, I, I I was like, this isn't for me. You know, this hmm. is not what I'm earn. And uh, you know, I tried. I I was in a few shows at school, but nothing. You know, it was like, oh, well, okay, I did what I was supposed to do in class. 
and I put it in a in a show, but it wasn't something I wanted to learn. It was, I mean, you know, gluing paper to things. And I think the only thing, the main thing that I got out of it was learning how to grid. <laughs> so what we did, that's the main thing that I thought, oh, this is something I could really take advantage of. And uh, what we would do is take like, you know, you take a photo from a magazine or something and then you grid it, but then you warp it, the grid on your paper. So you might make the, the face sort of like all over the place instead of like. Oh, that's portion. interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, so like the jaw would be this big or something. Really? So you warp it. Yeah, it was a, that was a cool thing. That was the only thing that I really took home. So yeah. I've never seen you use that. I don't see any really distorted portraits no. or anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, that was 30 some plus years ago. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So you used it for, uh, a, for a, a few paintings or something and then moved on. Yeah. yeah, that was part of the project. So, okay. Um, but yeah. Um, but then I got art jobs, so I was painting, I painted um, custom tile for a company in Dallas. Uh, I painted uh, fan, like Alice in Wonderland fantasy furniture, um, hmm. and, uh, and then I, and that was a company that sold through like Neiman Marcus, Horchow, all, you know, all these and it was, you know, it was like Alice in Wonderland kind of rabbits with a, you really? know, top hat with the <laughs> thing, Victorian dress, whatever. Right. Um, so lots of practice with that. But that, you know, that was acrylic. I mean, it's like that crafty acrylic stuff. Mm. Um, and then I was working with my mom's company doing uh, uh, portraits, not actually like pet, like, you know, dog portraits were real campy things. You've seen them before. It's kind of that you take a dog and dog's head and you put it in a, you know, a general, you know, painting, <laughs> a painting whatever. Yeah. So it's some real high art stuff you're doing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty funny. Um, but it, it, that segue because it, it wasn't, I wasn't able to make money painting it on needlepoint canvas because you have to be able to stitch it okay so you have to follow lines and think about that and so then i started doing photoshop and having it printed so i would essentially paint the background right and then you scan it so you have that printed or ready for print but then i would paint people would say oh well i want my cavalier king charles you know, and then do you have a white and red Cavalier King Charles? And then, so I would paint the face and paint the paws. On, and the, then on the canvas paws. print. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so I would scan that. First I was painting it on paper, the face, and then the paws, however right. kind of situation was. And then with Photoshop, put that on the body okay and so then then as i was learning to do that um or not learning but i was working with a company doing that and then i just started drawing 
with Photoshop myself. Okay. So, like you illustrator, but I just used it as a drawing tool. Right. Or painting. And how anyway. long ago was this? Early nineties. Early nineties. Photoshop was sophisticated mm -hmm. enough for that in the nineties. Um, well, no, 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 no. The, the painting. No, that was late nineties. Wow. Okay. You were right yeah. at the, you were right at the beginning of the whole Photoshop thing. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you started yeah. school in the early nineties. Yes. Okay. Yes. Not, not to, not to, and, you know, I have a bad habit of figuring out people's ages. I apologize, but no, <laughs> so, it's okay. it sounds like we're about the same I age. <laughs> I graduated high school in 92. So yeah. 85. Oh, so, so you're a little bit older. You look so young. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, Jeez. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the filter. Yeah. <laughs> Good with the computer. Yep. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm confused about what you did with these though. So you put them in Photoshop, but were they printed for some commercial use or? Yeah, so so it was printed for needlepoint. So okay. you know needlepoint stitching. Okay. Because that that was the my mom had the company Creative Needle. Okay. Which she it was a wholesale company, and so um, what you do is you buy this. It, they call it scrim. It's it's a type of uh, canvas that has holes in it. So you sell it. The people buy the the yarn with the same colors. Oh, and then so it's like yarn it, by number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stitching by number. Okay, Stitching. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And my mom wanted me to take over the business, and I thought, no way. So how did you transition from that into painting? Uh, well, I tell you, I've taken so many classes and been so disappointed needing structure and, you know, like you would look up in the phone book, this, this is aging me right now. You right, look up right. in the phone. <laughs> Too late. I already did that a few minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you look up and, and, uh, you would try these classes and you're just like, dude, I know what shading is, but, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and come on, bring more to it. So these are and, just like uh, local, local artists that are teaching community type yeah, classes, community college type stuff. Right, right. And so I found this school in the phone book um, and I thought, you know what? I am not going to invest until I see what it is first. Mm -hmm. And then if I like what I see, then I will take those classes. So it was a, a woman, uh, Elizabeth Locke, who um, had a school called Austin Fine Arts Classes. And uh, I drove down, you know, I was in south of town, and I drove down there just to look in the window because I was like, I, I want to see what this is all about mm -hmm. before I make any commitments. And I look in the window. Nobody was there. It was closed, but the... I could look in the window and see all the benches and the, and the paintings on the wall and the still life stuff and all the art supplies. And I thought, well, I think this is it. Yeah. Oh, good. And uh, so I did that for, you know, I took her class and you're basically learning everything from step one. So all the 
drawing and painting I'd done before, my first class was to sit on one of those horses mm-hmm. with a newsprint, a big newsprint, a piece of charcoal, breathe and do figure eights. What? Never yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm just so it's using your shoulder, you know, using you know, breathing and t- you know how you you stop breathing sometimes you get really Oh, tight. I do that with everything, even in the podcast well, yeah. I notice I'm not breathing half the time. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm like going brain dead because of it, I think. Okay, so figure eights. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> breathing and doing figure eights with the charcoal and just keep moving. And I was like, what are we doing? You know. So is it also uh, to teach you good drawing form? Yes, but I, I think there was some reprogramming too, because it's sort of like you come from a certain, you know, learning on your own, whatever. And, and this is a way to redirect and refocus. Yeah. Me, it, I thought it was a great, you know, at the time I thought this was like yoga class or something. And then I realized that this was kind of a way to back up, you know, and, you know, like you get too close to something, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I have my, my, even some students that I've had, you know, I say back up, they working on a big painting and they've got their fingers like they're writing Mm -hmm. they're painting like this instead of painting back here with a very open hand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so it's it's you know when you get to the details you can do that kind of stuff or at least when i do that i i get tighter but but in the beginning it's sort of like being able to see what you're painting as opposed to you know being up here and you know, trying to get everything. And it's like, well, back up, you have to back up and see your work. So uh, I think that's what it taught me was to um, recalibrate the way I approach painting and seeing it in a new way. Okay. And then, and then from there, you know, and I, I, I did the drawing, you know, learning how to draw shading, uh, uh, oil painting, which is the first time I learned how to paint with oils and um, was incredible. You know, we did, we did, you know, the cones and the, the simple still lives. And then you do a master copy uh, painting in um, uh, monochromatic master copy. And then you do another master copy just to like learn the strokes and try to emulate the brush strokes. And uh, I did a a painting of uh, Mancini, one of his p- paintings. And, uh, you know, it's really Good hard. choice. I love his work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and trying to be loose and trying. So you're, and, and you know, I've learned from Quang Ho. You know, I've taken a couple of workshops from him. And the one thing that he teaches you is teaching you how to see Mm -hmm. and that takes a while to really figure out you know when when i hear my students they're like well how you know what's what's that mixture you put down you know 
I would say the same thing. Like how how many parts of this color to this color to this color did you put on your brush? And it's yeah. like, I just made it a little bit more green, you know, bringing it down from high saturation. You know, there's, it it is training your eye and training the way you see. So, so that's what I learned and then took workshops from different artists and that kind of broadened my horizons and different approaches. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. So you mentioned Quang Ho, was he, would you say yeah. he was your um, most significant influence then? I would say uh, in different ways. I, I took he he was the one of the main ones i think because he opened the door for my first gallery mm. represent so and um i will say i did take do you know kim english in colorado no. no um he i think he's in colorado uh i don't know where he is now if he's still there but i've taken a couple of workshops with him and uh uh what was really interesting we did like short paintings all day long for the whole time it's like the maximum time you're spending on a painting is maybe 20 minutes whoa yeah so it was like a workout and it kind of breaks everything down to, you know, like we do five minute paintings, 10 minute paintings, 15 minute paintings of what it, of landscapes, people in the landscape and, uh, you know, figures in a landscape. And, and what it is is sort of, uh, his approach is very basic. Like it's not about details, mm -hmm. you know, but the feel and the colors. And, uh, so, I mean, he's, he's got beautiful work, um, and it's very loose but it's it's on point with with the values and the the uh composition um and color and uh but what it helped me to do was you know not get choked you know and and to be able to kind of back off loosen up see what the essential information is for the painting Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, so it's like, you don't have to put in every single detail. I mean, you can, right. Um, but m the way I like to paint is sort of the way I see things. It's like, I see something, I can't recall every single detail when I look at it, you know, from memory, but, you know, so you get kind of an idea and part of that idea is this you know, the atmosphere around, hmm. you know, the figure, the, the landscape, it's sort of like, you don't have total recall. So I'm not going to paint it. Like I have total recall, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so, so, uh, it's like, you know, these, these points in a painting or in a form or in a face that, that stand out you know, like, like, uh, the, the shape of the eyebrows, the shape of the mouth, you know, the color of the hair, the cut, you know, all these things, um, 
for me, I, I feel like those are the most important pieces. And then everything else kind of is part of the atmosphere. It, it, it worked. I'm not going to go into detail with every single thing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember all that, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I got to look him up. I've not, I'm not at all familiar, but yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in that process because my process, I mean, I have never implemented something as short as a five or 10 minute painting in my teaching process. <laughs> so that's really foreign to me. Yeah. I was almost crying. I was like, I don't know what you're teaching me. Show me, you know, and he came around he's like, okay, look, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, Oh, got it now, huh. you know? That's so, great. So, well, and, and, and Elizabeth Locks, you know, she, she, I'm trying to loosen up in my brushwork. Um, she said for every five, uh, five brushstrokes, do three, you know? Hmm. And so there's all these little pieces of information and, and approaches to, you know, that I have to remember on my own just to say, okay, back off, take a deep breath, you know? Right. Getting right. choked, getting choked, so. Yeah. So tell yeah. me about your evolution. I mean, obviously these, these three people you've mentioned have had some influence, but yeah. Um, you don't paint like any of these three people, or I guess I can't, I can't speak for Kim, but, um, but you don't I, paint like Kwong Ho. So no. tell me about your evolution. How did you come to where you are now? Or do you even well, know? <laughs> Can you? I, I think what it is, is that, you know, I was influenced. I did, I did, uh, I loved Ron Hicks work and I was mm -hmm. blown like you could just loosen up like that. You know, it didn't seem like that was an option, you know, the way he just, was very tonal and just luscious in in minimalizing the um the uh saturation but getting these really beautiful paintings i was just like how did how do you do that you know mm. so i really by him and i think that my work kind of showed that in the beginning um and then as well as kwong because there were certain things that I was learning at the time when I started in galleries, um, you know, and I think I, I mean, we're all still evolving. We, we keep evolving. Mm -hmm. We're keeping, we're like trying new ideas. And um, so in the beginning I was way looser than I am now. So now I'm sort of bringing in the realism and, and, and using those loose brushstroke qualities in, in, in it as well. So I like to refine certain areas and then leave some kind of, you know, just more gesture. Yeah. When I, yeah. So, so tell yeah. me about your choice. I mean, you focus a lot on portraits and tell me about that. What is, how did that become a major focus in your work? I have always loved painting people always. Um, and, uh, figure painting por portrait, narrative portrait, um, all those kind of things. I just love it. You know, um, I want to, there's a lot more I want to do with that, but, um, 
but yeah, I just, I, I've always done that. I've always painted, drawn people. And mm. even, even in high school, you know, I loved exploring, trying to get a likeness and, you know, that was my challenge to myself. Um, yeah, I just, it's a connection, you know, a, a human connection. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you what it is you like about it, but I think that's, I, I'm assuming that's it, that, that you're able to connect yeah. with it because it's one human painting another. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had, a well, you know, and I'm inspired by the people that inspire me, you know, and, and so, uh, Lately, I've done a lot more uh, people in my family. Um, so, you know, the kid, kids, uh, mm -hmm. that's one of I did another painting of my son, my older son at that same age um, years ago. And so it's same size. And I thought, well, I need to do one of my younger son that same size. So there it is. Um, but then I have, painting of my mom, my aunt, and both of them passed away last year. Oh, I'm sorry. So that, yeah, so that, that, there's been a lot of family stuff that I've been taking care of. Um, you know, having, you, you know, teenagers and then having to take care. My mother had a stroke several years ago. And so I've been managing her care and taking care of everything for her. Um, and then my aunt sold, so that's mom, her name is Inga. Mm -hmm. And then, and um, so I got, this is in, this got in the uh, select fifties for the portrait society. Okay. Um, and uh, she lived in, uh georgia in in uh, madison georgia which is sort of west northwest of uh no northeast sorry of uh atlanta in this big huge victorian house and she and i i wanted her at one point i was wanting her to be able to pose for like the face-off at portrait society in atlanta mm -hmm. she, she would have been amazing. Yeah, she's she, got a great so, face. She, she was incredible. So um, we would have the best time. So every time I would, after Atlanta, uh, the the Portrait Society, I would take several days to go hang out with her, and we'd run the streets, and we'd go visit her friends who were just as amazing and multi level characters and you know she she was six feet tall oh my goodness uh, yeah she's tall and you know you know she's very distinctive you yeah. know she has kind of victorian shabby victorian but very very engaging very um she was i painted her quite a lot um and uh so, so yeah, this, and then she was sort of my creative person in my life, in my family. And my mom was the more practical hustler person in my family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had those both, a balance, both of those. And, uh, but yeah, 
So last year was pretty hard. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So what do you do with these paintings that you've got of your family? Do you, I mean, can you part with them or are these just for you? Yeah. Um, well, so I do have a, also a painting I gave my mother. It's, let's see if I can move it. This painting of mm -hmm. my grand, their mom. And uh, that's uh, in Sweden. And she's my murmur, which is uh, mother's mother in Swedish. Mm -hmm. I, um, and I gave that painting to my mom for one of her birthdays. Oh, that's nice. But your yeah. mom's not here now. So where's no. the painting? Uh, no, it's here. Oh, so, duh, yeah. of course. My God, that's the <laughs> dumbest question. <laughs> Yeah. The painting's so, right behind you. Oh my gosh, that's yeah, too much. That was all right. It's all right. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna um, go with I thought it was a print. We're just gonna go with that, leave it at that. <laughs> she made she actually made prints for the sisters. So did she? Um, cool. That was my mom did. Yeah. Um so that painting of my mom I'm gonna keep. That's and this one that, here? This one's your mom? Yes. Okay. These are both yeah. so beautiful. Thank you. That's that's her determination. You can see how she's she's a workhorse. Yeah, that's a painting from uh, she was in her office sitting in her uh, her little mini wheelchair, um, sitting behind my husband who was helping her with her computer. <laughs> so she's <laughs> like, you know, staring like, okay, yeah. did you fix it? You know? <laughs> but you, that's. You know, when 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 she comes into the room, that's her look of like, oh, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. You know, yeah. She always, she was, for the most part, right. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, these are gorgeous. I mean, this one Thank when you. I saw this, you posted this recently. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh, I love this painting. Thank you. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. It's timeless. It feels like, I don't know, like Monet could have painted it or something. But see, that's the way she would have showed up in really? portraits. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's not if just her. I mean, she's got a beautiful face. But what I love about it is I love the sharpness. I mean, it's none of it is yeah. really, really tight. But the sharp right. focus that you get in her face and then these beautiful edges um on her yeah. face and figure that unify this yeah. really really loose painterly background yeah oh man yeah you nailed that one. Oh, thank you thank you yeah that that was uh i think that's one of my last paintings i finished because i was um, trying to get it what's the size on that one uh it is i think like 11 by something like that. Hmm. Yeah, it's great. So uh, and then this one is the one that won at the Porch Society in a, a yes. award at the Porch Society a couple years ago. Yeah. Was it yeah. last year? Last year. Last year. Yeah. And this yeah. is awesome. Thank you. So tell me about the little uh, smiley face on his finger. All right. So that uh, background is one of my mother's designs for Needlepoint, right? Oh, wow. Uh, and then my grandfather in Sweden stitched that. And so this was a pandemic painting 
Uh, my my grandfather died like over 20 years ago. Um, but anyway, he he needle pointed. He would sit outside, feed the feed the birds, and needle point in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, when in his older age, but uh, so so it. The painting is from when the pandemic started and we had to do FaceTime with mm-hmm. mom. And uh, so they did. So she and the and my sons were talking with the with FaceTime and then they started doing this finger puppet thing, you know. So that is sort of the how it's all connected, multi generational um, with the you know, current situation, the grandson, the grandmother's, you know, me painting it. And then my mom's design and my grandfather's. Uh, that is really cool. Thanks. Yeah, that's I've really that's in it. Did you talk about that when you sent it in? I mean, did, did you write some sort of description? I did. OK, I, I, yeah, because that yeah. adds a lot to it. It's already a beautiful painting, but when you know what all that stuff represents, it adds a lot to it. Yeah. And then this one (laughs) is pretty old, right? I remember I'm quite familiar with this one. Yeah. Yeah. So that is of Carl when he was about the same age. Okay. So they're two and a half years apart. He's older. Um, And I, my husband was out of town and I was trying to get the kids ready for bed and, you know, they're getting their pajama pants on and, and I had a model coming the next day to my studio and uh, in the house. And so I was putting up all sorts of fabrics and, you know, things. And uh, so like puppies, they're running around in my studio. And my little son, Carl, who was always a poser, he, he was like, Hey, take a picture of me. And he got the trapper hat and the fake flowers and he just goes right into position. Really? (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So in a fraction of a second, all these pictures I got of him, I didn't, I couldn't even think about the model coming the next day. I'm like, Oh my God, I have to paint this. Oh my God. (laughs) You know? So, and that, that fabric behind him was fabric. My mother had bought that she was going to make herself a coat out of, but never did. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so how anyway. old is this painting? Oh gosh. Uh, four, four or five years old. Okay. Oh, so your son's not that old then. I imagined it. Well, he's 15. He's so 15. He, okay. Okay, I'm just wanting to think of why I'm so familiar with this painting other than social media. This wasn't in any of the contests or anything um it actually i submitted it for the portrait society it did not go in oh. so i must which, have just seen it on social media and been impressed with it no, with the um fine art connoisseur magazine maybe oh okay yeah that might be it too okay there, so yeah. it's been around uh, it's not it's been around okay okay yeah okay and yeah. then yeah here's another one now tell me about this one so that's Wallflower, uh, and that is a painting I did years ago. And the backdrop is actually a printed, um, I got it from a um, upholstery store. 
and it's like a kind of a rough cotton fabric that's printed mm -hmm. actually from Sweden. Um, and it sort of what they did, the design of it is like they have the, uh, the, these flowers from classical paintings and they sort of digitalize digitally like max masked them on top of each other sort of yeah. so it fades in and out and fades in and out but i just loved it had so much depth to it and i just wanted to paint some paint it <laughs> and yeah. so yeah yeah and uh this is me megan morongova so uh she's one of my models and uh yeah um it's oh, beautiful i love exploring that kind of you know again with the loose quality but you know bringing out these these forms mm -hmm. yeah that's really what i like about your work i just yeah. love that juxtaposition of the loose and the tight this one's a little yeah maybe maybe you don't see it this way but this one seems a little different for you with yeah. it's almost like an iconic <laughs> piece um this was actually uh I did this for the um, Art Nouveau show at Vanessa Roth Gallery, mm. Fine Art. Um, and she had this whole Art Nouveau theme that she was doing for this group show. And I was like, oh, never thought about that, you know? Um, but I was very inspired by Muka and, uh, you know, uh, uh, who are the other ones? Oh my God, my brain's fried. Uh, everyone in the, in that, in that theme. Right. Um, yeah. Alfonso Muka. Um, yeah, and, it's uh, really cool. I mean, so, you. so with the, I'm assuming you kind of masked this all off, painted the painting and then gold leafed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just that around the edges are, is the leafing. And right. there's being on the painting itself. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have this one or did it end up selling? Uh, I sold it. You did. I can imagine mm -hmm. it would. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that's always appealed to me about your work that I think is not terribly common in figurative painting. And I want to, I'm going to pull up your Instagram account here and we'll look through there. Oh, that's actually email. Okay. So, um, is that you just have a gift for painting skin and you put a lot of color, dynamic color variation in your skin, which really appeals to me. Um, Thank it's something you. I'm after in my own work too. So I think that's why I like it. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, you just have a lot of variation in color and just very dynamic brushwork in the skin. Um, is that something that, I mean, tell me a little bit about that evolution. Did you, did you, I'm assuming you didn't start painting like this. It's something that sort of came about over time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually was listening to, uh, a couple of your podcasts and I, uh, I think it was with Ruth. Is Fitton? Ruth Fitton? Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She She's is. amazing. She is. And I think, you know, in talking about, um, you know, painting from photographs, 
And, you know, I paint from life on a weekly basis mm-hmm. for practice. But, you know, my idea is that you, you paint, if you can translate painting from life into painting from photographs in the same way, you know, that's kind of the goal for me because I can't have a, you know, I, I have weird hours. Sometimes I paint till two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard that you can't just have someone here waiting and the lights being perfect and everything set up. So, um, but what sometimes I do is what I'll paint from a photograph, like it's as if they're sitting there. And, uh, but towards the end of the painting, I won't look at the photograph. I'll keep going in with some more colors, playing with some, you know, different value shifts, um, playing with edges, creating an edge, you know, kind of taking that artistic license. Um, and so this, for example, um, was interesting. It was for the, I think it was for, there was a show, LA art show, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, and they wanted to, uh, for, with a band gallery and they wanted to do uh, five by fives. And uh, so I did, a series of five by fives and what I did and this is just kind of I don't know it was my own kind of crazy start but uh, I did I started with doing like a floral background you know so I I mushed all the five by fives you know together I painted a floral background and then painted a figure the portrait on top so this is a five by five and then I decided that I wanted to kind of incorporate some some heavy, you know, saturated chroma edges, kind of, you know, deconstructed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of went a roundabout way of doing that. But, you know, just having some sort of uh, I wanted the. It was the idea. I thought, well, maybe if I use the same model and it could be bought as one piece or separately and it still reads. So that's why I wanted to have like a background that's kind of fluid. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I put these, but they they didn't really want to do that. So I I just started it that way, but then ended up, you know, putting portraits in separate portraits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and as I look at this, I'm just, I mean, uh, these background colors are really bold and it's incredible how they mm-hmm. glow. It's just so interesting. <laughs> but then uh, what I love is just all these little dabs of green that mm-hmm. you have in almost arbitrary. It's not arbitrary. I understand that. But, it, you know, you didn't see them exactly like that, which, which is no. what I think makes a great portrait painter when you paint beyond what you see. I mean, a lot of portrait painters are like, paint from life, paint from life, paint for life. And and then you'll know what skin looks like. And I often tell my students, no, yeah, that's great to paint from life, which I did for a long, long time. Yeah. And But even when painting from life, a great portrait painter doesn't copy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what mm-hmm. I'm getting from yours is that, and you said that, like you go beyond, you put the photo away and in, in, in the case of working from life, the model would go home 
and you might work when the model's not there. And it's a similar practice. Because mm -hmm. um, you're putting all you're taking all these color liberties that just yeah. make the skin even more real than real. Right. Well, I mean, it is that optical mixing. That's kind of, that's what I yeah. call it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got it. I must have gotten it from you. Oh, really? <laughs> How funny is yeah. that? Because, because yeah. it does like, I mean, all the atmosphere around is bouncing into the skin, mm -hmm. you know? So, so there's so many colors happening, but you're not thinking about it, you know? And I always tell my students like to look upside down with a mirror and just, you know, abstract the form from what you think it is, mm -hmm. you know? Because when you assume that there's white in the eyes, it's not white, <laughs> you know, no. it, it's in shadow or it's, you know, it, there's so many different colors happening. So anyway, but that's kind of my, my thing. I just, I, I just love, you know, and um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's great. All right. Let me pull up some others here. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is interesting. Yes. You got your reference. We'll see. Here's a great example. Like, mm -hmm. the, I don't see those colors. Yours looks much more interesting than this, which is just sort of a, her skin is just very even brown caramelly color. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. And you put all this and, color in there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, because now I see people and I look at their faces and I'm like, oh my God, do you realize you have this purple and this real pink, you know? I feel I feel like I'm looking at people like paintings. Yeah, you know, did yeah. you you have to listen to the if you haven't already listen to the Rose Franson one because her and I have gone back and forth for a while on this because she's also really good at this. Yeah, and I would always tell her, like, okay, you're not seeing those colors. She's like, I am Jeff. I'm seeing those colors. I'm like, you're not seeing those colors. She's like, I am. <laughs> And then at some point she finally gave in a little bit on the podcast and said, <laughs> okay, well, the truth is I'm kind of missing the color. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going for it and I don't hit it, but I like it. So I leave it. And then I put something next right. to it and it works. Right. Right. Exactly. And yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. so maybe you're not intentionally making all these interesting colors, but that's what's happening. Right. Yes. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, if I think about my own work, that's sort of a similar situation, you know, it's like, Yours is incredible. Oh, thanks. thanks. And for years and years. Yeah. Well, thanks. And you, you do the same thing though. Well, that's I mean, why I, I think I'm drawn to your work. Yeah. I just, I really love colorful, rich, beautiful skin. Yeah. Just yeah. love it. And you do it so well. Thank you. Yeah. So let me, let's pull up your website now and see what else you got okay. on your website. Okay. So here's another one. Oh, and these bold that was strokes. Yep. Thank you. That was so much fun. I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a chance. And that's the thing, you know, why not? Yeah. Try it. Yeah. These are great. But if, and here's the thing I tell the students, it's like, try a color. If you don't like it, you can take it off. You can put something next to it. Like you said, to kind of tone it down or desaturate it, or, you know, like you use a lot of pink in your colors in your skin tones, you don't want it to be Pepto-Bismol. So just, you know, throw a opposite color in there or throw a cool color, you know? I but love this that Pepto-Bismol. That's a great, a great <laughs> analogy. Cause that's what skin can look like if you paint it too, yes. too literal, if you're too uh, literal. And yeah. And, and so 
I just, I mean, this is what, I mean, I've seen a lot of wonderful artists that are very, that blend their colors beautifully. And it's very soft and very, and I love that. Um, I paint differently and, you know, it's just, it's just what I like to do. Right, right. You know? Yeah, there's always so. the the opposite, you know, where it's like you look at Bouguereau paintings and li <sighs> like his subject matter or not, he's he's going the exact opposite direction where he's got these almost monochromatic tones in the skin. But holy crap. I mean, I saw the um, the satyr. I, I don't know if there's the exact name satyr and the nymph painting in the mat. Uh -huh. And I think I cried. I mean, I was the I sat there for two hours staring at it. The skin was so pearlescent. And yet there was yeah. like no color in it. It was like, I, so there's more than one way to do this incredibly well. Yes. But, yes. Um, so. but I am, I like you, I'm drawn to throwing in a little extra color, even though I look yeah. at a Bougro painting and just like want to shoot myself because I'll never be that good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard, you know, yeah. like, that's what, that's what's so great. You know, you just, there's variety and, mm -hmm. and that's what's, I love collecting art myself, you know, I'm just like, okay, so I'm going to stare at this for a while today, you know, Yeah. just soak it in and, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Do you find this sort of a random question, but since you say you collect art yourself, I do too. I'm a, I'm an addict. I, I love yeah. collecting art. Problem is I can't afford to do it very much. So I have to control yeah. my addiction, but, um, Sometimes I find that I collect two kinds of art. And that's uh -huh. art that I relate to because it's they're doing something that I want to do. And then there's art I collect that they're doing something so far from what I'll ever do that I appreciate it for that reason. Mm -hmm. Those are the two, yeah. two things I seem to be drawn to. The thing I'll never yeah. do and the thing that I'm interested in doing. Yes. Do you find Absolutely. that as well? Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I and and sometimes it is about um, just being kind of transported to, you know, like these kind of. I have some uh, some paintings that I got my, my when my dad passed away. Um, you know, some of his paintings he collected over the years, as far as like auction pieces. I've got a few uh, lands classical landscapes. We don't know who. There's no signature, but they're great and i just feel like it it sort of transports you to another time and you see that atmosphere and you you know you connect with that and it's you know like the old monk walking down the street with a donkey or something you know which is totally different but you're transported because you're you have that same connection you know mm -hmm. with this um and then I and then I got a few paintings from my aunt's house um, that uh, one was from a Swedish artist. I can't remember. I have to look and see. I, could, I don't know if I knew the artist, but beautiful landscape. And it just made me feel like I was in Sweden on a, you know, snowy morning, you know, or or so. So those kind of things, too. Uh, but, yeah, no, I I. So yeah, no, we, I don't, can't really afford to buy so much. I mean, I do, <laughs> I do but I also do trades and such, you know, yeah, so. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I love seeing it. I love, I'm just trying to absorb what I can. Yeah. It's so great. And I, I mentioned to you earlier that you had donated that six by nine to the porch society and it was mm -hmm. so good. Do you have that on your Instagram? That six by no, nine I, by any I, chance? I don't remember which one that is. You don't remember? <laughs> That's like, oh, it sure was me? so good. But um, for those I of you who don't remember. know what the six by nine is, it's an auction where artists from all over the world donate a six by nine painting to the Porch Society. And then the Porch Society has this whole thing where you come in all at once, you put your name in a hat for one that you like, and then they draw names and there's like a hundred or more paintings to bid on. So you have to be smart about it and bid on the one you want and then quickly run over to the one that you want second. And so it's like this huge race. And I bid on yours. I put all of my stickers in for yours. Well, when I say Aww. all of them, because I cheated, I know everyone does it. I had my friends put their names in too. And if they want it, I would buy it, you know, and oh, still, yeah. And still I shouldn't come. I shouldn't have come clean. I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, I'm I didn't get it, but Rosemary got it and uh, taunted me for having won oh. it. And it was torture, but I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram. I don't think it's in there. What did it look well it was a portrait it was a female portrait um obviously six by nine um and i couldn't say there was that there were distinctive things like a particular clothing or particular hairstyle or anything that would that i could describe to you i just remember a female portrait but anyway it was gorgeous and i oh. wish i got it but i didn't oh. are you donating this year i am i gotta get going on it all right i'm gonna i'm gonna bid on yours again or not bid but you know throw my name in the hat. Okay. Uh, the pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, yeah. I'm going to get one of yours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you had mentioned your students a while back and you have a school called the art dojo, correct? Uh, Atelier dojo. Atelier dojo. So yeah. tell me about how that started and a little bit about, you know, how that whole thing works. <laughs> so, um, you know, Jennifer Balkin mm -hmm. and uh, Denise Fulton uh, and uh, Jennifer would always host. This is prior to even having Dojo. Uh, we call it Dojo. Um, but she would always have us over for painting. We'd hire a model at her studio and hang out and paint and chat and paint. And chat, you know, um, when you have that small group of close friends art friends and such and so we would you know have different and there we were women so mm -hmm. uh and most of us it was it was me denise jennifer and then karen manis sometimes police house uh uh some other people that would come in from time to time but we were sort of the main ones but uh Anyway, uh, we would talk, you know, you, you sit there, you paint, you talk, and um, we would always chat about everything. And, and then we'd be like, you know, I wish we could have this in, uh, in Austin. Why doesn't Austin have, you know, it's a destination place, you know? I mean, everybody wants to come to Austin now. So we're like, why can't we just have a, a, an art school here, you know, um, have workshops we teach you know things like that and and 
if you know Denise Fulton, she has a corporate background and she's like, okay, let's do it. You know, let's do it. You know, and, and Jennifer and I are looking at each other like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, this is my dream and, and I want to do that. And I'm like, well, if you can make it so, that'd be amazing. You know, and so so we essentially are part of that foundership. Um, and uh, so so now, you know, we we began sort of having like basic drawing classes, uh, just uh, uh, where we have like several painters come or artists teach that. And then I would teach uh, portrait painting or figure painting, I'd switch off. And uh, Jennifer would also do the same thing. So I would teach at night, one night a week. We'd, we'd host workshops. Um, and so, you know, then we had COVID. And so we started in 2018, we opened in 2018 and then COVID happened. And so we were like, oh my timing. God, what are we gonna do? You know, we have rent to pay, we got all this, and uh, I was like, well, you know, and we're not that technologically advanced. So, you know, with our stuff, so we're like, what do we do? And, and then thought about, well, take it online. Let's see if we can do that. How do we do that? You know, Zoom, okay, so let's do that, you know, and, and uh, did a lot. I mean, we, we were fine. Mm -hmm. It was great. Um, and we, you know, I had international artists, which was really cool. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, we, we, we managed to get by. And then once the doors opened again, we got back on and, and now we've moved to a new location. We've got a new um, academy instructor. Um, and then Jennifer is also taking on academy instruction. Um, and I'm still paint, teaching painting, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, so now we're with the new academy that we have, it's way more, uh, rigorous and, mm. you know, you, you gotta, you gotta earn your place, you know, uh, to get to the next level, which I'm sure you do as well, I do, you know, yeah. um, because, and it's not to be hard on pe on anybody. It's it's something you have to learn, and you it has to become intuitive mm -hmm. to get because if you if you can't get the form right and you're like, well, I want to learn how to paint oils from life and blah blah blah. Well, you you need to get that drawing stuff down, you mm -hmm. know. And so some people really, you know, I've had students that, you know, way in the beginning, way in the beginning who said, oh yeah, I have experience. No, <laughs> it was more, <laughs> yeah, it was more of college kind of stuff where it's interpretive. And I'm right. like, well, I don't interpretive. I'm teaching you paint what you see, you know? And uh, so I was like, oh, God, because you spend a lot more time with those students where other people need time as well. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, 
but you know, it, it's sort of cause you, you trial and error and you figure out how it works. And so now we really have people that are very focused and we're getting more and more students and it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 What you said about getting students that have experience, but then are not as experienced as they believe they were because they went yeah. to university reminded me, I've, I had this one student who actually ended up being very talented um, mm -hmm. after going through the drawing program, but, or I should say very good. I mean, she came talented. She ended up being very yeah. good, but she had graduated from a university in art. So she had a bachelor's in art when yeah. she started with me and, yeah. uh, I had her, when I had her drawing, she was just starting from the beginning because she wasn't doing great work because she'd, you know, gone to one of these universities. And, mm -hmm. um, at one point she heard me say something like, um, what was it? It was, uh, a term that is so common, like value, like you don't have the value, right? I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something that common. And she said, what's value? I almost died, not because she's an idiot, but because that poor girl wasted four years of her life at a university and they never even brought yeah. up that word or whatever word it was. It was something yeah. just as simple, you know, it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, they never even brought that yeah. up. Yeah. She ended up being, no, doing, I... being very successful, thank goodness, but um, man, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I, I can appreciate modern abstract art that's well done, you know, and really, yeah. I, I love new ideas. I love seeing quality work, no matter what it is, but I don't think, I, th I don't think it hurts to have that background in realism and, and, uh, knowing form. I think it just takes, takes you to that next level, even if you don't do realism, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, because it, it, it guides your eye to taking, you know, put more depth, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't think it hurts anybody to learn what we do, you know, or at no. least, you know, learn drawing from, from life or realism and just getting form. Yeah. Yeah. I, There's so many great realists that have, that have kind of moved away from realism and you kind of are too, where you use abstract elements in your paintings. But yeah. what's so great, what I love about your work and others like it that are like you that do that, that kind of move away from realism in parts or at times is that it's a choice. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it, I imagine a, a musician, you know, who only learns a few chords and they're, they're, they're okay with that because they could play their favorite song, but now they're stuck because... Right. They have to only play that song and songs that are similar to it because they only know four chords. It's like right. painting without learning all of these principles is like that to me. It's like, yeah, you're going to keep singing the same yeah. song. You're not or playing the same yeah. song because you don't know enough to yeah. actually make decisions. So, yeah. So it's great well, that I you had... did that in Austin. That's awesome for the people of yeah. Texas to have that as an opportunity. Well, yeah, and now everything's at your feet. You can go anywhere. You yeah. can find schools everywhere. I God, I wish I'd had this. Seriously. I know. Like this. Oh my God. You know. So so it it's 
it's been really good and you know uh, expand trying to expand realism here in austin it's you know and um just wanting to see more work here that's you know inspired by people here as opposed to you know we it would it'd be nice to have a little bit more variety and like the museum but yeah yeah how is uh, so it takes a while. so uh austin obviously is sort of an edgier city you know um mm -hmm. we all know that it's a, yeah so how is realism received in austin in the galleries and museums and stuff is it like many big cities where it's sort of poo-pooed on you know i think sort of yeah i think you do you do have some galleries that have um quality realism that they show here and there but it's not full-time you know so mm -hmm. they'll have like that kind of thing and then you know um but but we're working on that <laughs> we're <Yeah>. trying to <laughs> expose, expose it because um listening to ruth fit fit am fitten. i saying it right fitten, fitten. i think fitten. i'm saying it right yeah ruth fitten yeah yeah um and she was talking about how um that she sells more here because of uh being in the uk they they're more focused on modern mm -hmm. kind of but i think here we're sort of trying to bridge that gap where we're bringing in abstraction into the realism and that's exciting mm -hmm. love seeing like you know put some interesting elements into your work that kind of takes it to the next level i'm i love that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, i'm curious about your curriculum how so it sounds like you've kind of got class times and stuff in there so people register for specific classes like they might register for your painting class or for another person's drawing class is that right right so um so that's on its own you can you can join the academy if you want i would say for the most part anybody's now taking my class has a good amount of experience and mm -hmm. uh, standing and and uh so they get what i'm saying um and so so it's been really great um but we have yeah so we have the we give options so if you don't want to do the academy but you want to take my class you can okay so there's no like you have to graduate in order to get in my class it's just a, it's a separate thing um but right now you know we're we're looking for we're, we're looking for uh more uh teachers as well so wow sounds like yeah. a big operation so how many teachers yeah. do you have uh so we have uh ross Seri, who is and jennifer balkan who both uh do the academy um so she's taken that on so the academy is um, the full-time program yeah okay and then um it's uh right now it's me painting and and painting the figure painting a portrait um and so i change every six weeks um and then we have um danny grant who teaches uh figure drawing and uh pedro i can't remember oh 
he he teaches uh figure drawing kind of study um mm -hmm. as well um and then denise fulton's gonna start doing um beginning to beginning oil painting in the summer so that's six that. or seven people on the staff uh, yeah wow that's awesome yeah so it's one space and so it's sort of like you know we have to make sure that everybody's got their time slots and, and right. such right but uh you know it's it's not bad well i'll put a link in the show notes so that people Great. can look it up so hopefully yeah. you guys even get more students that'd be awesome absolutely um, so tell me yeah. tell me kind of what's next for you I mean, what is your vision for the next few years with your paintings because you said earlier that or maybe it wasn't this maybe it was the first cut but you had said um that you always have the next painting in your mind you know and it's always like you know here's the thing i want to do next so do you have the next five years worth of paintings in your mind or are you always just like one painting ahead and i'm like five paintings ahead in my in my brain right now oh. they, they constantly evolve they're like it's like this salon kind of thing here with the paintings yeah and each so I have them floating in my brain right now, and uh, they there's evolution, like, oh, but I could do this with that one, and then I can, ooh, maybe I'll try this with that one, you know? So, so yeah, that's kind of where I am right now, and, uh, uh, but yeah, I got some commissions that I need to finish, um, that I'm gonna start, uh and then i've got um you know just submit to different uh competitions or you know jury shows for now um because i don't have i don't ha have like a huge solid body of work it's all sort of in in process right now mm -hmm. so yeah yeah Great. Okay. So I got one final question for you. All right. That I ask pretty much everyone. So if you've heard the podcast, you know what I'm going to ask you. So what is um, one piece of advice that you would give someone aspiring to have a career like yours as a painter? One piece of advice. Um, listen to your gut. I've done this. I've, I think I've done this with another podcast. I Listen to your gut. I have ignored my gut in the past, in the business part of it, and has kind of, you know, not not ended well. <laughs> okay, wait a minute, you can't just leave us at that. We gotta tell All us right, some stories. <laughs> no, it's this just, sounds good. So what happened? Is, okay. This is what they don't teach you when you learn art. Yeah. Learn the business. Okay. How do you, you know, who do you call for this? What do you do for this? You know, what what kind of, can you negotiate? Can you, you know, what are your rights as an artist? You know, and stuff like that. And and uh, so I've got, you know, we all have stories. I know, and, but I wanna uh, hear your stories. Tell me one of your, your yes. horror stories. Well, I can't tell you exactly who it was. Well, of course not, of course not. I was sort of, I was sort of, yeah, I mean, they take advantage of you, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. don't know what you're doing, and they just make you feel like you should be grateful to be in their gallery and, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. 
you then then you become sort of a slave to them and or just feeling like you're a minion you know in a way and and that they're going to make you you know million dollars and da 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 and do this and that and then they don't show up you know and they don't do their part and they they lie and you know but then i've had great galleries so mm-hmm. it's just i wish i had known yeah and you know just to say i don't know this doesn't feel right but they seem to have a big name or they you know pages in the magazines they seem to you know have have a you know reputation and they love to Yeah. So uh, I went through a lot of turmoil with that uh, before I had my kids and uh, it kind of turned me off painting for a while. Oh, man. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty uh, just because a gallery just kind of told you they'd give you everything and took advantage. Well, they they took advantage of me. And, uh, it was, it was just, yeah, it, just dealing with them on a regular basis was not a nice experience, you know? Oh, yeah. So, we've all so, been burned. I mean, I have, yeah. I have one gallery that, that stole thousand dollars worth of paintings from me. Yeah. Never got paid. What's that? It might've, it might've been the same one. Might've been, <laughs> it might've <laughs> we'll been, talk we'll talk after. <laughs> Yeah. And I know I normally don't jump in on this, but I got to tell you, so just because to drive this point home, because this point has never come up before. Mm-hmm. So I'll just share it and I won't name names either. So it's, you know, it's all good. But I had an yeah. experience you wouldn't believe. I mean, so I met a client at a gallery for a portrait commission and uh-huh. it was it was the wife. I met the wife first. Sweet woman. She was great. And then I met and then her husband showed up. And this might sound really weird and, you know, I don't understand it. I mean, I have theories, mm-hmm. but I don't understand exactly what happened. I shook this man's hand before he even said two words. It was like he sucked the soul out of me right through my hand. Ooh. Like it just felt dark. Something about him felt dark. Ooh. Yeah, it was weird. And so, but I'm like, I ignored it. I didn't go with my gut, as you put it, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. something's up with this guy. He was pl- he was cordial enough. He seemed kind of arrogant, but he was cordial mm-hmm. enough, you know. Yeah. We agreed on a price, and um, I painted the painting. Him and his wife came to the studio like two or three times and saw the painting, so they knew exactly what it was. They'd agreed to it. They saw the size. They saw everything throughout the process. And then when the painting was finished, I called up the husband because he was the one who was going to be writing me the check. And I said, the painting is done. And he said, um, he said, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to renegotiate. I'm only paying you half. This was of his kids. So there's nothing I can do with it. But, uh. but that was covered pretty much in the down payment. He goes, well, what else are you going to do with it? This is business. We're renegotiating. You can't do anything uh. with it. You can't I break like, the contract. I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I'm serious. And I, and a lot of people say to me, why didn't you just not do it? I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this painting? Because I can't sell the right. painting. It's of his kids. Right. right. So, oh, yeah, it was broke. Can you believe that? I've got stories like you wouldn't. <laughs> I've got so many stories. 
Okay, so this is why we need to have education yeah. for you take care of your business. How do you write contracts? How do you, you know, do you I didn't a have a contract, but you, and I didn't, and I learned it's from that. It was a bad handshake. It was a bad handshake. But here's <laughs> the thing I've learned though also is uh, contracts only keep honest people honest. So yeah. they're good. Contracts are really good when people have a misunderstanding at the end. Those people are like, oh yeah, you're right. That's in the contract. But artists like us, our clients have so much more money than us. They can ruin us in court anyway. But yeah. it's still a good habit, you know, because this, this particular guy, I couldn't have fought him. I mean, he's a yeah. billionaire. I couldn't have fought him in court. He would have made my life miserable. Um, so yeah. I just had to roll over. Um, yeah. but still, yeah, you should still have a contract. Why didn't I have a contract? I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even sort of like, well, you know, what are the terms and not everybody has the same type of contract. You know, do you go to a lawyer to, I don't have a, an art lawyer, you know, for my business, but I mean, do you need one? Is it, you know, what, how can you bypass that and have a legit whatever, you know, it's sort of like, there's so much more to it being a, cause you're a business owner at that point. Right. Yeah. Do you and talk to your what, students nope. about this? Um, about yes, business I've, type stuff? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because but, that's the thing when you go to university, that's the other thing is they're professional teachers, right? They're not professional painters. So like they wouldn't know what to teach you if they could if you know yeah. what i mean or, or if they wanted yeah. to um right so i find that i mean i all the time share everything with my students i'm very transparent so that hopefully yeah. they don't run into the same mess that i've run into yeah over, over yeah. the years yeah so uh, it's so yeah trust your gut but and also i uh, I feel like if you don't 150% love painting, you're probably not, it's probably not going to be the thing for you. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it, I'm obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Don't feel yourself just like, do you ever feel like if you're not painting, you, you, you know, for a long period of time? <laughs> you haven't you listened know? to that many of my <laughs> podcasts because it, so it's okay. I'm not offended. I mean, okay, I'm moderately offended, but we'll I'll get over it. But uh, <laughs> I haven't wa listened to podcasts in a long time. So no, it's I'm, okay. I'm, I'm teasing you. Up, by the way, I am. <laughs> no, because I get asked this question all the time, and here's I'm not like you would expect. So I don't disagree with you. I would mm -hmm. just, if it were me, if I were saying what you just said, I would just tweak it a little. So yes, if I'm not painting, like it's I I develop a mental illness. I get so much anxiety, I can't even stand it. But do I love painting all the time? No. Like sometimes I don't want to be painting. Oh, so there's right, this, it's right. this weird, it's this dichotomy contrast. It is like, yeah, I don't love every minute of painting, but I have to be painting. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. I have to yeah. eat, even though everything that's put on my plate isn't delicious. Like I know uh, I have to eat because I'm hungry. Mm. That's kind of how it feels no. to me. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. is that, do you have a similar feeling or? Or yeah. you don't have to agree with me. <laughs> That's I just where I come me, from. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I haven't been able to get to the easel on a regular basis. Um, you know, I was traveling a lot last year, 
back and forth to Georgia to help out my family with my aunt and then and then my mom passed away and then you know so so there's a lot of work I'm trying to do you know finishing up that whole process I'm gonna go to Sweden this summer to have a, a funeral service for my mother um, so, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of distractions in my life right now. And so, uh, I, I feel like, you know, people say, well, how many hours of painting do you do a day? And I'm like, God, I wish, you know, yeah. but I'm, I, I mean, I've got things that are just waiting for me, but I got to go do this stuff. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, are going to take me a long time, a lot of you know, mailing a lot of forms, a lot of, you know, calls and just kind of those logistics, you Mm -hmm. know, once that taken care of, I think, you know, the clouds will part a little bit more for me. So, but I do feel like I get a little agitated. Oh yeah. I I get really agitated. And I'm like, it's either I haven't eaten or have it been painted. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, so it fits my analogy perfectly with yeah, the food. There you yeah. Because, <laughs> yes. yeah, you get yes. hangry and you get what What would the equivalent yeah, pangry I, for not painting? Pangry? Pangry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. It's mood balancer. So, yeah. Yeah. When I get home from work, my, my wife either hands me a Snickers bar to keep me from having a, being grumpy oh, or a paintbrush, you know, in either way. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. The Snickers Protein bar is a fact. Bar. The Snickers bar is a fact. The paintbrush, not so much. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really, I think that's really good advice too, because you have to, yeah. I agree, you have to have compassion for it. If you have to drag yourself yeah. to the academy, you're never going to drag yourself to the studio. Or you're never right. going to make it to the studio. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that was a huge pleasure to talk to you. And it was great yeah, to you- get to know you a little bit better. So thanks a lot for yeah. doing the podcast. Are you going to the Portrait Society? Yeah, you? Yes. Excellent. Definitely yeah, we'll and see. you mentioned Ron Hicks, who's on the faculty this year. Oh, yeah, and he is one of the finalists. That Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to meeting him. And there's yes. actually sev- uh, several people in the my podcast won this year. So I'm looking forward to meeting them yeah. too. Yeah. Awesome. So yes. it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see you there in like three weeks or something, right? Oh my three God. or four weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you haven't been there before, it is a party. I love the Portage yes. Society Conference. It's so much fun. Yeah. Great, great things to learn there. So I'm Lots looking forward to seeing you. We should do dinner or something. Yeah. Absolutely. All Absolutely. Right. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Undraped Artist Podcast. If you enjoyed it, subscribe. And if you could, leave a comment or review. That really helps the channel. Please share the show with your friends. And if you're feeling generous, consider a monthly donation at theundrapedartist.com. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you next week.